Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. This is the Eat Sleep Elite Podcast, your weekly AW review and breakdown. Introducing first, the man of the hour. Now rise up and feel the power. It's gnarly. Charlie. Yeah. How's it going there, fellas? Oh, firing the old intro. We're doubling up. I like it. I fucking misclicked. G G G G. Fucking throwback buds. <laughs> fucking season one. Hey. Hey, so all right. Wrestling this week. Listen, man. All right, fine. I'll I'll dress the elephant in the room off the top of the show. I know you guys all want me to talk about it. It's been the thing that's been eating up everybody for the last two, like <laughs> at least the last, like at least the last 24 hours. Charlie, not a single team in the AFC South got a win this week. Damn. And in one way, the division's still open, right? But at the same time, you're like, should it be? <laughs> Two of the teams literally played each other. Come on. Come on. Hey, man, nothing like Ty in week one. Matt Ryan didn't lose. You can't it. beat a team that doesn't have a goddamn quarterback. What are you going to do? I mean, I'm hearing rumors that Matt Ryan has lost the locker room. Like, what is happening it's in Indianapolis? <laughs> it's one week. Oh, my God. I know. I mean, I I was hearing that though, but like I heard that that was like I think pre pre season they were having issues. But anyway, uh, my Packers didn't do any better. <laughs> bro, you know what I will say about Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, you can um, you can like or dislike Aaron Rodgers, but he can only talk all that smack and go on like on Rogan and all that and do all that crazy stuff if he's winning. If he's losing, it's a bad look for him. You know, like so I saw someone post the uh, CM Punk press conference and it said Aaron Rodgers after the Vikings game, <laughs> bro. Which we'll dive into more of that later. On. Of course, of course, yeah, we'll get into all that, but. Of course, there's always some uh, some stuff to take care of off the top. Mainly, uh, you know, uh, obviously there's some stuff with CM Punk that happened and with the elite. We'll get into all that. We'll we'll probably spend a good majority of this show talking probably about that, just because there's so much to talk. I mean, so much. I mean, like, I don't even blame us for being a couple days late on this one because, like, I think even if we had been all the way together this week, like, it would have been it would have been hard to like actually put together a show like. Uh, with, with, and things have been changing. Like we've been getting more information even over the last couple of days that we would have been recording. So it's like we literally got one fresh off the press Tuesday morning that we'll talk about. So literally, yeah. I don't even know if I've heard this. So we'll see. I probably did, but because I've been kind of watching the news like a hawk. But at the same time, um, we'll take care of some orders of business off the top of the show as always, and then we'll get into favorites and all that. But first, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Bane Duke. That's B-A-N-E-D-U-K-E on Twitter and Charlie with uh, at O Charlie with an X instead of an A. Stumbled a little bit, but made it through. As well as you can find us on the podcast platforms. You're probably listening to us on right now, either Google, Apple, or Spotify, and make sure you follow or subscribe on any of those platforms. As well as, you know, leave us reviews, you know, five star frog splash, uh, you know, uh, tribute Ari Davari by uh, getting pinned after hitting your frog splash. But anyway, um, yes, sir. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, but anyway, so, yeah, that being said, um, we are going to just go normal order of show this week. I know everyone would want us to just jump straight in and we have done that before when it mattered. Like, but like, you know, this is not to me the way I'm looking at this, Charlie, like the 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 way we talk about this is like any other news it's just news you know it's yeah. just maybe some of the most consequential news to happen in a while but it's pretty so it's like when cody rhodes left right like we talked about that like it was normal news you know so anyway that being said 
let's move on to our favorites this week, which I believe you are going first this week, Charlie. Yes, sir. And uh, so this week, I mean, we were kind of just like doing a little talk before the show. I mean, narrowing it down. I mean, I think you got five or six really good things that you could pick from. And then you kind of just said, you know, what made you in the moment? What were you feeling the most? And for me, it's going to be a match that was it's in the Tournament of Champions. And it's Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen. Sammy Guevara. Absolutely. And I really loved I just love these guys chemistry together. So this is their fifth time that they've had a singles match against each other. Fourth in AEW, and most One recently, collide, right? Yeah, and and most recently they just had a the triple threat match with Andrade, that was fucking phenomenal too. Um, so these guys, their their paths have they they've crossed like so many times since this company began. These are two AEW originals, and when you base all that going into the tournament, we had talked just as recent as our last show. We were kind of talking about Sammy Guevara's TNT title run, and I know his character has gone through a lot of changes, and at one point it was, to me, the most cringy character in wrestling, and he's evolving that little by little. Now they're kind of playing up the cringiness. Like, there's there's ways of doing this, and I think this I don't even know if I like that term because, like, I don't think it's really accurate. Like, cringe? I don't cringe when I watch Sammy Guevara. Like, I I definitely did cringe when they first started doing the couple thing. It was bad. I mean, they just leaned into the heat. I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I wasn't no. even really upset by that. More of I was upset about like how he was handling it. Like he put out a tweet yesterday that's like, I'm going to air all my dirty laundry on my vlog tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, there's no way Tony Khan didn't see that tweet and send him a text like, hey, if you say anything actually bad, you're fired. You know, like, <laughs> you don't do anything bad there. You're not the elite or CM Punk here, bud. You know, but, it don't matter if you get in a backstage fight. People already don't like you, but, you know. Which, which but. he wasn't a backstage <laughs> Well, but he you wasn't. Know, so, I mean, so let me and, and can we just say uh, before we get to the actual news, the irony of Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara's situation now. And yeah. just, oh my God. Anyway. Yep. And that set the precedent for those suspensions. And look, I think these guys together create magic in the ring for oh, yeah, TNT sure. champions. And they deserve to be elevated to the world championship stage. And I think this match made a lot of sense. It was a great match on Rampage. And shout out, this is a, a favorite from Rampage for the first time in a couple episodes. I mean, I, I don't know the exact number, but it's probably like five or six episodes from it might Rampage. Be the first time ever, the only match that was selected, spoilers, was on Rampage. It's very well possible. And you know, look, whether it's the moves, I mean, there were spots of Darby taking off the ring. They, they had some really good code red. Darby and flying outside. All in all, I really enjoyed the match. I thought it was fast-paced, too. Sammy Guevara ended up winning. And I think that was a very important step for AEW. Because just recently, maybe two, three shows ago, I, I was talking about how Darby always seems to win. And no one else... It, like, there's certain exceptions, yes. CM Punk being one. But Darby kept winning every feud. And I was like, well... Darby's reached a point where he can put the next guy over. And I know this isn't a feud. It's just a one-off match that, you know, now we'll see Sammy go on and fight Moxley. But I think for Sammy Guevara's character, and he is now the biggest heel. I mean, it's not MJF. MJF's going to be an anti-hero now. As proof by the by the promo. On I don't know. One. Christian Cage is a pretty big heel. I don't know. Yeah, but he's gone now. So Sammy is your biggest heel. 
He has to win this match. I think that was the right decision. What a sad state of affairs. It is a mixture of a sad state of affairs, but they are doing all that they can. And that's can. not a knock on Sammy. Just no. Sammy has all that pressure on him right now when he's still trying to he figure does. out who he is as a heel. And, and Sammy's like, what? He's early 20s still. Sammy's a young guy. So. He's called the pillar for a reason. He's super young. Like, you know, like that's. And I think this is just another important step in his career. And I'm very, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about this. You, we, talked about how I felt in the moment. Um, That's how I felt in the moment. And yeah, so what did you think of this match? And then uh, take us into your favorite. Yeah, I thought it was a good match. I mean, I when I heard about it, I was like, okay. I also like, too, that like on TNT, you had like the TNT championship bracket of championship contenders. And then on, which I mean, I guess if you parse that out fully, did technically did moxley but whatever it doesn't really matter you know like moxley hasn't been tnt champion i don't think but it doesn't really matter you know anyway yeah um but i, I like how that was how they determined the other championship contender you know what i mean like because it's like they essentially they gave the blackpool combat club buys except they gave jericho one for some reason i don't know why whatever you know they gave people first round buys that's what made this really weird but it's fine um i wasn't super impressed with the match to be honest with you because the same cutter low pay catch was done in a previous match with Darby. And I'm like, okay, I guess we're just running that back. And then I also thought that Darby versus Moxley as a match to sell on a TV show. That's a way bigger match to me, but I see what you mean. And if you were putting it in a vacuum, but I think I mean, we're just trying to find a new champion. If it yeah. mattered whether or not they were heels and faces in this instance, I would, I, but because we know the real life reason why there's a championship happening here. Like we, it, I don't think it matters in this instance. I don't think, I think putting that much thought into it is wasting energy. You know, like, I mean, I don't think it's entirely possible. Sammy might win this title. That would be a interesting. That move. would be a bold fucking move. But it would. I, mean, be I can a tell way you that get... nobody would be in support of it in the back because I'm just going to be honest with you. If you flipped on your TV and saw that the AEW champion was Sammy Guevara and you didn't know who Sammy Guevara was, it's if you're flipping yeah, on AEW, yeah, and and. I mean, look, I don't know that you would care. I think you'd be like, who? That's honestly, and that's again, not a knock on Sammy. I don't think he's been in the spotlight on that level long enough to be the guy that leads the company out of this chaos. That's why I think getting wins like this matters for the future of his character. It really does. And like, look, I I just, yeah. Sammy versus Moxley. I don't know. I'm actually really intrigued in the match. It's a former champion. Can you really really imagine that people would be happy with Mox losing out of this tournament in one match to Sammy? No, everyone wants the final to be Danielson Moxley, but if you're going to make a heel, do it. I mean, you could. The only reason why that's what people want it to be is because people don't want them to run back the the Quake at the Lake match, but that's probably what it's going to be, knowing because they don't want to make, because they're not going to have Danielson in him face because they haven't faced since they teamed up, so there's no reason to do that, you know? Um. Yeah, I don't know, man. Who's it's the a, other guy in the tournament? I'm blanking. Um, oh, Jericho. Jericho. Never yeah, no, Jericho. Jericho, and then yeah, you got two Blackpool Combat Club guys versus two JAS guys. So I, I think that does also play a part into this. They they want those groups to be seen. Wait, at the top of the company. One of them of of each side is going to lose because they can't have. I mean, they're not going to have about it. That sets up Danielson Guevara. Or it sets up Jericho Moxley. I mean, vice, yeah, one or the other. But I mean, I feel like Brian Danielson has had plenty of opportunity to rans- wrestle Sammy and has not. So I think that says something. That's just me, though, you know, because uh, he's wrestled everybody he's wanted to. But 
Um, I don't know. It's fine. I, I don't want to dwell on this too much. I just didn't care for the result that much. I really wanted to see Darby versus uh, Moxley just to see what insanity uh, Darby would let Mox do to him. You know, like oh, absolutely. I I'm sure we'll get that match and it'll be fun someday. But uh, yeah, I guess we'll move on to my favorite this week, which uh, w- which we mentioned, John Moxley. We'll go straight back to John Moxley. So I guess I'll just go through the whole opening of the show because it's all kind of up until the match. Agreed. Agreed. It's because so, then yeah. that makes sense because it's all tied together. So obviously they opened the show. We had Tony Khan addressing the AEW Galaxy, said what was going to go on with the match. We can go into more of that later if you want to address exactly what he said. Uh, I'll leave that up to you when you go through the show. But I just figured I'd say that's what happened first. And then we have uh, the man everybody wants to see, I believe, is or everyone wants to hear from, I believe, is what Excalibur <laughs> said or something like that. Yep. Uh, MJF. MJF Music Hits comes down wearing the Josh Allen jersey. And in Buffalo, so, you know, oh, MJF's a baby face, you know. I didn't buy this for a second. I don't know about you. Um, There was a moment. I'm like, are they really going to I mean, I thought they might, but then when Mox's music hit, I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. They're not going to have Mox turn heel on MJF. That would be silly, but... um, Excuse me. And so then he calls out. He calls himself... Oh, the other thing was MJF called himself better than Moses, of course. Um, And... Then Mox uh, proceeds to call MJF out, basically be like, you're lying to these people, blah, blah, blah. And um, I guess part of why I like this segment includes MJF. So what I'll say is that for my favorite this week, it's the MJF, John Moxley promo segment to open the show. Um, because it's partially MJF is why I care about what Mox has to say next. Because yep. in the process of uh, of telling MJF to shut up and stop lying to everyone, basically, he starts to go down the line of what his reasoning for why he doesn't buy into MJF's BS is. I can't remember exactly what he says, but he's basically just calling him a snake, that he's selfish, that he doesn't really care about any of this. Um, and that MJF basically straight up told everybody he's using the, the, the championship as a bargaining chip to, to negotiate with his contract, which... I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, MJF. I don't know that you being a world champion is going to increase your value that much. You're already you. You know what I mean? But that's just me, you know? Um, I, I just think MJF is MJF regardless, but that's just me. Maybe I just look at talent differently. But anyway, um, that's kind of why I didn't buy anything. I'm like, does MJF really care about any of this? Like, would he have actually come back if he didn't just want money? You know, like, at the end of the day? Like, anyway... Honestly, the way MJF handled this whole thing and the way they chose to go about it, if it ended up being a work, ultimately, Charlie, made me just dislike MJF. Shoot. You know what I mean? Like, that's all it did. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> really, at the end of the day, I really liked him as a person because I thought he was a good person. Dude, he just would play the character, you know? Obviously, he just doesn't, like, he, he only is, like, that rich kid mentality. For what it's worth, this is what I'll say. I do still think MJF goes to WWE in 2024. So, oh, agree. I think that's I, I think that's I part think, of the reason why yeah. I dislike him so much, man. Because I know he's going to be he's not long for this company, and he knows it too. And he doesn't pretend like it's not the case. But it's like, dude, at least at least make us think you might resign. Like, come on, dude. Put Barry in the lead. By that time, we might, you know, there we might be. Like AW could look very different by then. We MJF don't know. for Sasha Banks trade or something, or MJF for Seth Oof. Rollins. I mean, there there'll be something that would be incredible. Get I don't Oscar, think we'll ever Oscar get there. to get though. a run over here. I mean, anything could happen. That would be incredible. Her versus like Emmy Sakura versus like like I don't know. Her versus Tony Storm, but like on like a stage that anyone can actually watch it and care about it. Oh wait, did I say that? But anyway, um, 
but that being said, I, I've kind of like danced around a lot. The whole point is Mox goes on to cut this promo about how AEW is and AEW World Championship is and what it means to him and about how it's the blood, sweat and tears, basically, and the sacrifice and the hours and the long days and the dreams of all the people in the back and all that. And I, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact words. You're doing a good me. job paraphrasing, 100%. Um, but he basically went out of his way to talk about and make that honestly, Charlie, this five minutes or whatever it was of promo did more to make that title matter to me than any of the champions they've had so far. Like, because as great as those championship reigns were, why do any of these people care about this reign? Obviously Mox, you know, Oh, and he had this amazing line that I believe was the end of the promo, which is, you know, um, people want the ball when, the game is on the line. The ace always wants the ball. He wants the ball. Great fucking line because Great it's about how, what I would describe Mox as. Mox is not the guy that wants to make the game-winning touchdown. Mox is the guy that wants to make the check pass to get the ball down to the 10-yard line to give you the opportunity to take that shot in the first place. You know He's going to win you the game. He doesn't care how he's going to do it. And if he ends up running it into the end zone on like a walk off, great. But if he doesn't, and he ends up getting the win on like a a, a check down to a field goal, you know what I'm saying? Like, absolutely. This, I lost this metaphor a little bit, but you know what I'm saying? No, like, no. He, he wants the ball, and I, I think he did a good job of putting it like that. I mean, you this promo meant everything to Mox, and the way he portrayed it, and the way his character portrayed it, it you felt like it truly meant everything. He, he also had the subtle lines that we covered of Mox was supposed to be on vacation. He didn't want that oh, yes. shit. Him and Jericho were supposed to be gone. They're, they were taking their breaks. And guess what? They're fucking back. This means a lot to them. They they want this. And I think it shows where they are at in the company that they were the two that got the bye weeks too, if you want to call it that. So Jericho and Mox will wrestle uh, next week on Rampage and Dynamite and the shoot reason for that is because they couldn't have wrestled a match that week if they tried. Like they were both yeah. probably still no, no, beat yeah, absolutely. In the previous and match. Like again, I, I don't think that they couldn't have wrestled a match. I'm not saying that. I'm not questioning their manliness or their character. I'm saying that it would have been unwise. You know what and I mean? Like, this this will kind of the last thing I'll say about this promo, which kind of takes us into the news here, is absolutely what MJF did. This was a very subtle thing, but it all makes sense. MJF essentially did what people are perceiving as what CM Punk did. He came back. He was, he was the hometown hero with the Josh Allen shirt uh-huh. or the Josh Allen Jersey. And then, you know, when Moxley got in his way, all this other shit started happening. He ended up wiping the Jersey between his ass. This shit sucks. Ran away. And it's like, it, MJF was trying kind of, you could see the side by side where CM Punk, you know, a year ago was happy you know, I can't wait to work with all this young talent. And then a year later, I'm working with all these fucking kids. MJF was kind of playing along those little lines, probably poking fun at that in his own little fucked up way. That's who he is. <laughs> I, the one, the line where he said, Josh Allen sucks. Really Josh Allen sucks. That yeah. really got me. I, I, <laughs> I was actually cackling like, that was MJF. It's, God, it's so good to have MJF back. Like if, if, if anything could have happened, right. If Tony, if Tony Khan could make any great 
move to, and I don't, again, I don't know if it was a shooter work. I don't know if he was ever in question of coming back, but if he was in question of coming back, brilliant Tony Khan to happen to know that he's going to need him, you know, like more than ever now, more than ever. Do you think, okay. Bold question here. I didn't think I was going to take it this route. Do you think it's possible that Tony Khan knew these tensions were boiling for a while and brought MJF back because he knew he was going to need someone to fill TV? No, I don't think he had any idea that CM Punk was, was stewing this much at home. Okay, I just wanted I genuinely... to ask that question because I've been thinking that. I've been like, how do you not know this is happening around you? I mean, the guy's been accused of being on all kinds of fucked up shit, you know, to keep himself going. But, like, I don't know how I've ever read into any of that shit. I think Tony's I don't just think a really anyone hyper knew. person. I really don't think the what, what we're hearing and everything, I don't think anyone knew how upset CM Punk was. And when he... Now we've learned that he's he planned this post this conference. He he planned it. So let's let's just jump into it. We're gonna jump into yeah. the news now, and then we'll jump into uh, elevation, which we also have the special from last week that we'll get you the results from. Absolutely, elevation, dark, and then the rest of the dynamite and uh, rampage shows. So let's just let's just rip off the band aid here. So there has been suspensions. Following yep. the press conference, which is funny because one of the last things we said on our all out show was, well, we're probably going to be talking about this press conference, but I didn't think you'd be talking about it like that. We were talking about it on that show like I, we were, hadn't even seen the press conference yet, but yeah. it was already looking pretty bad. I remember as soon as we flipped off the show, I flipped that thing on and I remember thinking this is not going to end well. I didn't think there was going to be a fight, this but I just figured there's no way that you come out of this. So with, like I'm just in gonna- a good light. Let's. I'll kind of start with this, I and mean, we won't go specifics from the press conference because if you're listening to this, you you already know what he said. Like we're not going to go into the mother's bank account and shit. So, um, CM Punk will though. Yeah. More, uh, so pretty much we've just got more details. Um, Punk didn't mention Bucks or Omega by name in his pointy comments, but he went he along. Did mention Reseda though, which is about as direct as you can yep. get. Um. So according to multiple sources that line up with some of Fightful's reporting. There was a fight backstage afterward with Punk allegedly swinging fists at the Bucks, Matt Jackson. Punk trainer and friend and AEW producer Steele, who I waxed Rep Sonic about last week. I, I almost made that my fucking favorite. That promo, that motherfucker. <laughs> kind of glad you didn't now, right? Right? I never heard of the guy. <laughs> I kept making these analogies about how he's like, a, like an uncle from a TV show coming over to help the main character. And Jesus. And he bit fucking Kenny Omega. Uh, he threw Still a chair at Nick Jackson, blacked his, gave him a black eye. This man was throwing chairs. This, this man was ready to die for CM Punk. And so, and the Young Bucks, I mean, what we know is that something happened in CM Punk's room. The the Young Bucks and yeah. Kenny and Kenny Omega, and I'm assuming, well, let's hit these other suspensions because they must have yeah, been involved a as lot. well. So, uh, Punk, A Steel. Kenny Omega, Matt Nick Jackson, Pat Buck, Chris Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon Culler all suspended. So I'm assuming those guys were either in the room, have knowledge of what happened, you know. Basically, I mean, the Pat Buck being there, I mean, Jesus, that guy sees. I, I, what I'm guessing, and I again, this is speculation, guys. So keep that in mind. I haven't seen many people doing this, and that's why I'm why I'm putting a caveat on it before I start, but. It's from what it sounds like until we and we may never actually hear what happened. So we may just have to assume if it sounds like the fight kicked off. You know, I don't know if Kenny actually saved the dog or not, but if that happens and that happens, you know what I mean? Kenny saves the dog. That, that lines up with him. That, I mean, that, yeah, that checks out with Kenny. That so I can see out. him doing it. I can yep. see 
could also see him jumping to the defense of his boys, though. So, you know, but um, and then assumedly, because all these people got suspended, they all started rushing the room, which is a kind of bad look for the Bucks, you know, because that implies that, like, everybody was willing to beat down these two guys for a fight that what it sounds like I don't granted yeah. punk through the first punch, but and I, that's I, what it, I, yeah. I can tell you something I'm really uncomfortable with Charlie is that even if they went in there, like in a way that wasn't aggressive, just them showing up is kind of a fucking red flag for me. You know, like, yeah, like, I'm, I'm, again, you don't get to say that shit about your coworkers, but like, you'd also, you shouldn't be like rolling up on people and like, having well, a and maybe people show up his, and like, it sounds like what we were about to have happen if people didn't, if there wasn't like the legal person there is like a, a group beat down. You know what I mean? Like is what I would assume yeah. would have happened. Well, him, you know, like, they heard him. They, he said, come and find me. He said it multiple times. So maybe they're like, all right, let's go talk to him. And they, he's, they showed aggression. Then punk, you know, he's, well, we don't now punk was hurt. I mean, if you so were, again, he was I don't probably know how pissed things off picked about off, that. But if you were even surrounded by two or three people, you know, and in fear, I, I'm not defending punk here. No. Let me get that clear. But like, I could understand a situation where you start throwing punches. If like you get run upon by a group of people, you know, yeah. like, at but the same I'm, time, you no, gotta be a little crazy to throw punches at multiple people. <laughs> agreed, but uh, you yeah, know, yeah. obviously, Punk was not in a good state of mind for any of this. No, and I, I think I mean, if you saw him in the press conference, he was bloody and covered in sweat and covered in like grossness and like infection and shit. Like it was not a good. And, look, and we know right? now he had a torn tricep, so he was also injured. Um, before you know, during that press conference. Look, I just don't like, can I just say, I just don't like how everybody has been like on, like how it seems like everybody that has reported this has basically been like, yeah, the elite were just fine. And even though they, and and like up until they got suspended, everyone still wanted to say they shouldn't be and they should keep their championships. And I think, I think I'm very, I don't know how to phrase this, but I'm, I'm glad that they handed out the suspensions because, and I kind of alluded to it earlier, you know, if you suspended Kingston and Sammy a couple weeks ago. You got to suspend everyone. No, you can't do this backstage. You can't lose your locker room. And, you know, you have to suspend everyone. And I think Pat Buck, you know, getting suspended, Cutler, Daniels, Nakazawa, everyone, everyone getting canned, not canned, but suspended is the right call there. I think that brings us into stripping the titles. I mean, then they stripped the titles too. So that's actually on the show. So I'll back it up for a second. But exactly that. That also happened. They have a third party looking into everything. Uh, look, I think if they find out, you know, uh, we're going to learn more about this throughout the next year. I mean, this isn't going to be something that we're going to be like, oh, yeah, next week. So we, we've learned it all. I think my only guess is we're going to end up finding out CM Punk. If they can't work together in a storyline with with what they have here, because, you know, they, they're all passionate about, you know, I'm making the most money. I mean, CM Punk's. Press conference was about, you know, I'm the biggest draw. I make the most money. This, this, this. Well, put your money where your mouth is. Work with these guys now. If if they turn this into something that they actually work with, this is your money fucking picture. Kenny Omega CM Punk now? Now it has more heat than ever. Yeah, I just don't see that happening. It I don't either. Because like I think bad blood. I agree. And I think everyone's a little bit full of shit too here. Oh, yeah, no, nobody's right in this situation. No. They're all just a bunch of crybabies, basically. And, you and know, the, I, I, the thing that I can't get over is if if Punk was really saying, "Come and find me," 
And then they did. If if he threw a punch without a word even being spoken, I, I'm going to be like, really, man? But if they were getting like really heated, there was yelling back and forth. Maybe that's, people that's what I'm saying. I find in. it very difficult to believe that they rolled up on him after saying, hey, roll up on me. And their response was not. All right, let's fight now. You know what I mean? Like, because exactly. that's basically I, what I can't imagine they walked in wanting to fight. There's no way. Punk, there's zero chance they walked in wanting to fight. So what what led from. I mean, obviously, tensions were beyond fucking belief, and and we know that. So, I just, I, I we're gonna learn what happened here, and I think, I think, it, I think one thing that I think is hilarious is that like everyone again, kind of sort of just like when, when the elite side came out, they were like, ah, oh, this comforting side that fits all what I th- assumed, you know, like, and I was just like in my head, I was like, one, this sounds not like what happens at a fight, you know, <laughs> two. By the way, the, the punk side of the story sounds equally as absurd, you know. They both sound, like, ridiculous and, like, not what probably actually happened. If anything, they're probably pieces of And they're of so it. far from each other, that's why you need this. That's why party. it's so absurd. It's, like, it's so different. And it's, like, if either of these events happened, we shouldn't be where we're at right now, you know, like. If, if they walked in and it looked like Matt was fucking getting ready to throw punches, it looked like Kenny was stealing his dog. I mean, <laughs> you know, who knows? I at the end of the Ace Steel should be fucking. I, mean, I can see Ace Steel. Ace Steel. Yeah, straight up. Straight up. Just a- got anyone in this situation because uh, let's be real. Ace Steel, like, asshole for biting Kenny, asshole for throwing chairs, whatever, right? But he just yeah. was willing to die for CM Punk. And, and all he did, he just literally probably rolled in, saw his wife screaming, I'm sure, saw Kenny Omega running with CM Punk's dog, not sure what he's about to do with it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and now he's like, all right, well, I'm as soon as Kenny puts the dog down, I'm killing him, you know, like. And like, yeah, I, if anyone deserves to be canned, it's fucking him. He, he still has no concept of his position in the be, company at all, does yeah, he? Like, he, he oh, I can never, throw punches too. Like, no, you can't. Ace, yeah, you're no. the one person that can't throw punches. Here. And if we find out he's the he's the reason that all this accelerated, I'm going to be very upset. I mean, but like yeah. they weren't like fighting yet, but then like once this he got involved, like this, what if he walked in and just straight up threw the fucking chair at Nick, and that that's when everyone started going at it? I mean, oh, and then that's when Punk threw the first punch because technically that's what because that could technically be true, right? Like Ace could have kicked everything off, and then Punk. Well, no, then they would have said Ace started. It. I don't know because if they could have just thrown Ace under the bus and kept everybody else and pretended like they didn't actually do anything, they would have done that. You know what I mean? But they obviously yeah. can't. That's what the other thing charlie we should talk about that really quickly the fact that they can't just sweep this under the rug and pretend like everybody's fine like they did for for so long with everything else clearly that's going on backstage this totally adds a whole different air to all the rumors we've read about backstage heat too you know what i mean but um but let's just say that uh you know i completely lost what i was just saying there actually oh yeah no but let's just say that the no, I completely lost it again. Talking what were we just talking heat. about? It was before that. I cannot remember what we were just talking about. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, it was to do with Ace Steel. I was jumping off of that somewhere. I cannot remember. But anyway, my point is like um, all of this is – no, I've completely lost it. Can we pause really quickly? <laughs> yeah. All right. So apologies, everyone. So you're like, wait, why did it just cut randomly? Okay, so – I don't know how Charlie will fix this in the edit, but I completely was like on a point. You might be able to have followed it right up until when we just cut off there, <laughs> but or like right after when I started saying like, oh, let's pause. But like, I completely lost what I was saying anyway. But like, I think this definitely is an interesting like question to ask Charlie is like, is this something that, and I, this has been a really unpopular take for whatever reason, 
Uh, but is this now when you start to say, okay, do we strip Kenny and the Bucks of their EVP titles? Because mm. let's be honest with you, like I don't think these are the actions of EVPs. Like I don't care about EVPs all that much to be. Oh with yeah, and and I think at, at the end of the day, but I don't think you should. I, I would you as a member of the roster be like, oh yeah, I'm so glad these are the guys in charge, the guys that are so hot-headed that as soon as they hear one thing that they don't like, they start a fist fight. Now, granted, that's not necessarily what happened, but I'm saying like from the outside looking in, if you're somebody that wants to work at AEW, aren't you kind of afraid that if you piss off your bosses, they might come punch you, you know, like, because even if and, they and won't that, do that, that to question, punk, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, that deserves to be asked. Um, I, do I think they'll lose their titles? No, I don't think so. I think if Cody was still there, maybe you consider, ah, well, maybe Cody can be the one we can elevate. I just don't even know if you need on-screen EVPs like this. I don't even I don't know if it's at all necessary. I think you do, but at the same time, since the inauguration of the company being what it was and how it was so special, you know. The truth is it's because people happening. would flip out. They'd be like, how dare you take away the Bucks title? Like, I'm surprised people didn't flip out that they took away the championships. Like, I'm surprised that wasn't like the reaction, to be honest with you. Like, I think a lot of people understood, even though they didn't want to. I mean, I, I didn't want any of these titles stripped. I mean, obviously, with Punk being hurt again. No, nah, I, 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 I had decided I, pretty much immediately that Punk needed to not be champion. You can't have yeah. your champion going out, sitting next to the boss of the company, saying that I'm running this business. You can't have that. I, and, you know what if anyone had a glimpse that he was going to do this shit I, I really i'm just sad that mox lost his title too i mean that imagine how mox feels yeah Man, that he that, couldn't do like that he couldn't somehow flip the script now obviously that's not really possible because of the way things were done but like yeah i mean the funny thing is i even saw people like from a booking standpoint not even understanding mox not winning and i'm kind of with them now especially because it's like man what a what a disaster this turned out to be for AEW, you know, like, and, and I really hope that in a few months from now, we'll, you know, we'll be talking about a retrospective. We'll be doing an analysis of what happened from this point on. And I just, if the wrestling and the talent that went out and tried as hard as they could this week was any indication, I think we're going to be all right. And, you know, and I want to touch on that. One of the things you said too, with the kind of the backstage leadership, I think, Having some of these guys step up, like a Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes being in your locker room is is so fucking pivotal. And he's already made comments of, my door is always open. I think these young talents can go to guys like Dustin, Arn Anderson, Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho, I mean, if there's fucking anyone that you want all the proof in the world that he will put anyone over, he will do anything for this company because he's loyal. Talk about a guy who's probably worked with everybody he doesn't like and then then some. You know what I mean? Like, I don't he, think Jericho likes anybody in the wrestling business, to be honest with you, but he works with everybody, you know? And he will be there for the talent, the young talent. Now, is this going to be a shard on their record? It, maybe. I, I, think, I think no matter what, people won't forget this tomorrow. In 10 years, will it's it be talked hang about? over AEW for a while. It is going to, absolutely. And it, how they come out of this, it that's on the booking. And if those guys want to work together. Because it's a damn shame if, you know, we never get CM Punk and Kenny Omega now because of all this. And we probably won't, with, especially with the injury. There's no way he's coming back. I, I, he might as well be fired. Ace Steel's done, you know. And let's let's take that into our next little thing here. 
our next little news, and that's being the elite is on a hiatus. They're not going to work. Why? Why would you fill up BTE with shots of them petting the dog and you know? I'd watch them pet the dog for twenty minutes. I, you know, I would genuinely watch Kenny Omega sit there and, and give a speech to a dog. Yeah, he's cutting promos on his on his hounds. Fuck, man, Kenny Omega just got back. That isn't that the biggest. There's a selfish you. part of me that's so upset that Kenny's gone. No, right okay, now. you're allowed to be upset at Kenny and the Bucks for that because again, I will go back to this until the end of time. That you takes two to tango. You don't get a fist fight that brews unless unless Punk literally like the Bucks came into his locker room and were just there, and he show, happened to show up and just started throwing punches. There is some blame on the Bucks in this, you know. It may not Absolutely. be as severe. You may not shoot. Maybe you shouldn't go out on national. Well, you're not national, but like on the internet, yeah, in front of hundreds of thousands of people or however, whatever it was live. You know, like after the pay per view, and talk smack about like three executives in your company, three coworkers, three guys that just won a championship that worked the same show as you, like that built the company that you're now working in. That whatever. That, nope. Yep, there's, there's, but yep. you also don't get to then go to that person's locker room. You don't just get to be like, Hey, knock, knock, knock. Hey, you know, uh, let's fight now. That's not, that's we're we're civilized adults. This is 2022, you know, like we don't fight with each there. other again. People have all the wrestling business. If you don't know that this is how the wrestling, but again, what is it? John Moxley said in his promo, we are taking the dark, ugly side of this industry and leaving it with another generation. Leave it there, boys. That's Amen. all I have to say. You have every right to be mad at Kenny for screwing up this comeback. Every right. Even oh, if he didn't directly yeah. involve himself, the yeah. fact that he was there, he should not have been there. He shouldn't have been. Oh, well, that makes him a bad friend for not sticking up for the Bucks. Maybe. But yeah, maybe he should have been more worried about the company. You know, maybe, maybe they should have put their pride and their selfishness above the company. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a hundred different ways of looking at this, and that's why I'm upset with the Bucks. I don't even care. CM Punk can go not be a wrestler anymore. He did that for seven years, and I was okay with it. I wasn't happy. And at the end I of the day, I'm still glad we got his run. Yes, we got his run. We got him versus MJF. We can say we had those things. Now we don't ever have to go back to them again. If CM Punk wants to just completely be done at this point, so be it. He's still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Still one of, but you know, he's probably one of my least favorite human beings of all time now. It's like the Austin Aries effect is now what CM Punk has, you know, where you can't help but respect Austin in the ring, but you also would never work with him. You would never do it, you know, like, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah. So, um, let's get all out had about 135 to 142 K pay-per-view buys. So, yeah. But Hangman versus Kenny did better. So that's actually, actually Hangman's a better draw than Punk. <laughs> yes, god damn it. Uh, but yeah, yeah so, but, but did hang but but see, but did Hangman versus Kenny actually outsell Hangman versus Punk though? I bet it probably didn't. Uh, I would have to look at those numbers now. I'm probably gonna be wrong, but you know, like Yeah. And then And by the way, you say like you were saying that CM Punk is probably gone. I actually think you're wrong. I don't think if he was gone I think if he was just gonna be gone, why would they wait? Like actually, like really they'll give him the benefits for his injury. I don't know. But you could do that without him. But what, 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 what you could do that and to be like, but it's he's not coming something back. Something in his contract, and I, I, there's another. Tony doesn't want to feel that wrath. He's hurt. You don't want to release him while he's hurt. That's a whole nother fucking bag you can open up. That's true. Because then he could be like, well, out. Look, it's just like WWE. They won't yep. take care of me while I'm hurt. So, I, I mean, maybe I don't know. That's but the way that I would be... look at it. I mean, you don't want to release people injured. Uh, yeah, <sighs> I, that's a whole nother bag. But um. Jake Hager uh, signed an AEW contract extension. Cool. 
Hell uh, yeah, buddy. I know I you're... See Jake Hager. Yeah. Love get, get, get him on a few more dates, man. Get him like five matches a year instead of three or whatever it is. You know, like, fuck. Honestly, I'd like to see him wrestle Dark. Yeah, I don't think he. I think I feel he's, like he's, he's a perfect fit for Dark, but he. Just, I feel like I don't know this, but I feel like the reason why we don't see him much is because I feel like he's always in training for a Bellator fight, but he never gets them. So like, yeah. Um. So these next three oh. stories are kind of all tied together. Okay. It's a little bit of uh, uncertainty here, but at the same time, we kind of saw the writing on the wall. Okay. So according to Fightful, the rumor of Malachi Black being done in AEW in some form appear to have some merit. And it sounds like Tony Khan has granted his request for a release. And that being said, it's a conditional release. It's a, it's a quote, highly conditional, which means he has four years on his contract where I believe it's going to be said he can't perform in a company that has like, they'll probably, the way I've heard people talk about it is just WWE, but I would imagine new Japan impact. Triple A, CMLL, probably also banned as well for that five years. Let's just say that how it is. If he really chooses not to come back to AEW in that five years, what a sad state of affairs for Malachi Black. He will be 42 and at the end he, of he, Yeah, if he decides not to, if we don't see him like come back in the next year or two, he's probably just done, done, you know, because five years of just not wrestling yeah um it'd be very upsetting i mean we're both big he's probably done right guys. realistically because why that, would he that agree would to that guess. deal and why would you ever agree to that i mean again he's under contract but why would he not just ask for his release and then which well, i guess he's just sitting out his contract this is the this is the kind of the 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 thing we talked about a few months back charlie there are going to be people that want to go back now but they can't because they signed five years deals. You know who else is probably like that and we haven't seen on TV in a while? And it was kind of weird how he came back and then immediately left. Adam Cole. Yeah, we got to see what's up with Cole. Cole, bye-bye. He could um, probably get out of his contract. People are going to think that's a dong take, but I think he actually probably could if he really wanted to because of how much influence Britt has. Which that'll take me into this next idea, which kind of ties into this. And Malachi Black to myth, to myth, to miss Northeast Wrestling Show due to health health issues. So he's been removed from the lineup for uh, this was last Friday's show. And yeah, I mean, when I see health issues, I mean, that might be an amalgamation of things. I mean, that may be multiple things here. I mean, he might just that could be he's 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 battling his own demons. He doesn't want to do this anymore. He he's having a you know, he's 37 now, so. You know, he maybe he doesn't have serious injuries. Maybe this wrestling business doesn't have to take a fucking chokehold on him the rest of his life, like some of these other guys. Where, you know, we see it, it could be too, man. That we for see like it in football two, too. Three years down in NXT when he was down there, or whatever, however long he was down there for, like a year or two down in NXT, whatever it was. You know what I mean? He was like the guy. He was everything. Everyone was like on like the last. You know, was like on the edge of their seat on, on yep. the edge of their, you know, I'm trying to think of the other. That's, that's where he got married too, to, uh, absolutely. To Zelina, Zelina. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And he was on top of the world. Everything he did was gold. Everybody loved him. He had this niche audience in NXT that completely understood him, you know, and triple H was his guy, you know? Yeah. Um, 
and then slowly, slowly, slowly up to the main roster. Get some of that stuff stripped away. He does some good stuff up there. Don't get me wrong. And the stuff with him and Seth Rollins, still some, or like in him and like Mysterio, like all that stuff that they did, you know? Yep. Really good stuff. You know what I mean? Never quite achieved what he could there. And it's kind of been the same story in AEW, you know? Just kind of been. Him, man, because he's so talented, you know? Unbelievably talented. Yeah. And. Oh, gifted just, athlete just hoping, I mean, hoping for the best and i, I want to just tie this into one thing we see this in football where you know if he's not hurt and say he's already made the money that he wants to make and he he has other goals in life you know and he wants to get out now fucking good for him just recently a couple years back the best middle linebacker in football patrick willis wasn't hurt wasn't old just said i made my money i'm done i don't want to he doesn't want to live like Jeremy Shockey, where Jeremy Shockey played a couple of years too late. And guess what it did? It completely fried his brain. I'll bring up another example from football. Luke Keekley. Yeah. That was on top of the world. Multiple championship potential teams that he was a part of. Decided he was done because the team couldn't figure it out. Plus, he was getting banged up. And he was like, you know what? I want to still be able to make these kinds of business deals and make money. And, and even though us, I love. Yeah. Tying us back to the beginning of the show. On the other coin, Andrew Luck. He kept getting hurt. He was healthy, just pretty much what it feels like. Woke up one morning and said, "No, nah, I'm not going back. I don't. I don't want to deal with another injury." Speaking of Andrew Luck, shout outs to him for for standing women's stuff. I saw that. That was awesome. Sports. What a guy! Look what at Andrew, guy. dude. What a guy, man. I would always love, always with his finger on the pulse. I would Andrew love Luck. to see Andrew Luck back in in some sort of of in Indianapolis. Just yeah. say it. And he, There's nowhere else. It. He said, I think, that he wouldn't play anywhere else. Although, And I think then that's the last our last bit of news here, which ties into that, is uh, AEW files to trademark House of Black for wrestling purposes. So this is nothing out of the usual. Um, they, they've obviously made a lot of merch with House of Black. Yeah. Um, I don't think that faction is going to go anywhere as exactly. weird as that is. Even if Malachi's gone, you're going to keep Buddy and Brody as a tag. It, it works well. We're gonna keep Julie in there. It's doing wonders for her. So, you know, maybe this is their sign to add one more, or you know, whatever they do. Again, I those guys aren't gonna be gone just because he is. At least and I don't hope kid not. yourself. I mean, maybe he doesn't want to be bothered with it, but I could see Brody sending a text to Malachi, being like, "Hey, so what was the deal with all this missed stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I could tell you what I want, and I want that to be that Julia Hart is now the owner of the Black Mist. Ooh, ooh, okay. Like she is the new leader. I would like that. I would do wonders for the women's division. So that being said, Garrett, that's all of our news. So if you want to take us through the special elevation and then elevation from this week. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is AEW Elevation Saturday night special as Matt Menard uh, so eloquently dubbed it. By the way, that guy's great on the mic. He really is. But like he's really well-spoken, you know, for like a wrestler, which is, again, not a knock on wrestlers. They're just they get hit in the head a lot, you know. but anyway, we opened up the Saturday Night Special with a mixed tag squash for Sammy and Tay. Uh, sorry, Ty Mello. Um, they picked up, some, went over some job skis. Um, Sammy shouted that to DQ when uh, the female came in to break up a pin. Uh, it's not a DQ, Sammy. It's a mixed tag match. She can she can still break up the pin. But anyway, um, I, I mean, I agree with you, Sammy. It probably should be a DQ, but there's no rules. So, um, <clears throat> The next match we had was a squash for Swerve in Our Glory. It was just really boring. Anyway. Um, and then we had 
uh, and then the next match, sorry, I completely uh, lost my, my, my marbles there for a second. We had Aaron Solo, Cole Carter, and big, sexy Nick Camarado yeah. versus the good, the bad, and the hungy. Yeah. Um, Hangman had a good tag. Uh, we got some Germans from Jayangi. And then we had a big, we had the, 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 the big man took a buckshot and it did the deed. So. I think it was like off of a big man. I, I don't know, whatever. There was a, but there was a buckshot. There was a firefight. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the acclaimed, because everybody loves the acclaimed, picked up a win over Invictus Cash and JPH. Uh, they had a scissor party. Uh, and then they dropped the mic for the W. Everybody loves the acclaimed. Um, we had Ortiz and Soho also pick up a squash. Again, this is just to shove that match onto the show. In case you didn't know that it wasn't on the show until this week, they picked up a win over Emi Sakura and Balianaki. Um, I, I don't know if it was the Topicon Hilo or the Tope Con Hero, uh, but it was that that Aki hit that I was like, oh, these good high flying stuff here, you know? Uh, more into gender teases. And then in the main event of the evening for the Saturday night special, we had Angelico, the Butcher, and the Blade, the Blade. taking on the best friends with Danhausen. Um, Trent got hit right in the Berettas in this match. Um, that was interesting. Uh, Dan House and then also punched a guy in the dick. So I guess there was just ball mutilation all over the place. And uh, we had the shoulder drop splash from Orange Cassidy for the W. Um, I think Angelica took the pin. I don't actually remember. Uh, and then that takes us to Dark Elevation episode 79. We opened it up with Julia Hart picking up a nice squash. She stirred through this lady's soul, which was interesting. She actually hit some nice thrusts in this match. A really nice chop sequence. And she locked in the heartless lock for the win. This was just a nice little match. Julia Hart, man. She, I'm telling you, she's she's coming along, man. Make Julia the leader of the House of Black. All right. Tony Nice and Josh Woods took uh, with Mark Sterling, of course, took a nice little squash ski of some Jobski brothers. Brother, 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 brother. And they, they beat him up good. Picked up the win with that neckbreaker combo move that I could care less about because that move was – I don't care. Anyway. Um, Sarita Deeb took on Nikki Victory. Um, Excalibur still doesn't know how to gamble. Um, and she posed with her in the grapevine, and then she locks in that like brutal looking, like re- reverse submission arm r- ring thing. I don't even know what why, but it looks painful. And then, oh my god, is that private party? They picked up a nice squash, they hit the silly string, hit the gin and juice for the win. Matt Hardy was teased again. Yeah, I really hope it's going somewhere. I do too. Uh, saw somebody we haven't seen in a while. Sky Blue took on Diamante. Nice pop for Sky Blue on this match, by the way. Um, she really did, and that was nice to see. There was some interesting looking gear that uh, that Sky had on here. That's, that's all I'm gonna say. Um, I actually think that my my criticism of Sky right now is she needs to slow down a little bit. Just if she just like okay. gave some of her spots a little bit of room to breathe, to like to give the opportunity for the other person to sell a little bit longer, maybe it would feel a little bit smoother. But maybe that's just me being nitpicky. She picked the win with the flatliner. There's a big win. Diamante is not anything to be scoffed at. She's usually picking up a lot of wins. So um, yeah. I guess Diamante is going to have to figure that one out. And then in the main event of the evening, I believe this is supposed to be the main event as well. I will check the link that I believe you sent me. Um, let me see if you sent it. Uh, you, okay, you didn't. That's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, if it's not the main event, then oh fucking well. I looked through everything this week. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we had Madison Rain and Queen Aminata, which is a team that's interesting, taking on Marina Shavir and Nyla Rose. Um, I think I've identified the problem with this team, Charlie. What's that? Neither members of Nyla or Marina can bump for a babyface team's comeback. Nyla's 
too big to be taking bumps like that repeatedly. And I also don't think it would look convincing a lot of times. Um, and Marina just can't bump like that. I mean, so somebody needs to figure that out. Otherwise, this just don't work as a heel tag team. Um, one of the things I think you can say about FTR when they're bad guys is that they sell and they bump like crazy for their opponents, which is what a heel is supposed to do when they're on the comeback, when they're on the shine. This team is not capable of that, I don't think, because they tried to do it at one point. It just didn't work in this match. Um, so I don't know if they can actually be a tag team. But that being said, Charlie, go ahead and take us through AEW Dark 160. Yes, yes, yes. So Dark 160, we had a big main event here too. Um, so kicking us off, Tony Nese and Josh Woods defeated Storm Grayson and Brandon Gore. Just kind of more building up them as a tag. As we've been seeing a lot lately, they're trying to really establish those guys. So, no surprise. They're going to be the blood and the fucking sweat and the tears of the Ring of Honor Tag Division, and it's going to be beautiful. It is. And that takes us to Marina Shafir with Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Defeated Lainey Luck. So, uh, Marina ended up winning with uh, an arm bar, and it was fairly quick. So, pretty cool. Zach Clayton. Picking up a victory, defeating... Dude, bro, they couldn't even give Serpentico a known opponent to get a win over. Yeah, right? I mean, like, literally, this guy's never been on Dark before. He's never been on AEW. Uh, like, and then honestly, gets... dude, like, why is this guy even in this match? Like, who <laughs> the fuck is... What is he, like, from the Jersey Shore or something? Like, fuck is Zach Clayton? Uh, no. <laughs> he picks up the victory. He hits Serpentico with a lariat for the victory. Uh, Zach Clayton, baby. It's begun. The renaissance, the Clayton era is upon us. Julia, by the way, we I saw people being like, "Oh, we didn't know Zach Clayton," like as if anybody else knew who Zach Clayton was and was like, "How dare you not?" So, you, no one called you guys out for that. The only people that would have called you out for that is us, and there's no shot that you heard it from us. So, like, <laughs> Julia Hart with another win. victory here. This was she beat her up and then hit the heartless submission for another win. So right. I, I got, I got, I got a, I got a big. Big moment for you right here for Julia Hart. So they got the Heartless Lock. Now, I know what you call that lariat she uses to set it up because Excalibur gave it to us during this match on the commentary. What is it? He called it... He said there was some whiplash on it. You call that the whiplash lariat. Ooh, okay. I, I would buy into that. So you hit him with the whiplash and then you lock in the Heartless. I, I, I don't know. There's something to that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I would buy it. I would buy it. Uh, Serena Deeb defeated Sierra. Uh, she pretty much kind of got her on the map in the early seconds and just still started wrapping her up really quick. She didn't do well to some disrespect. It is uh, Sierra got in a super kick. Dereeb chop blocked her at the knee, locked her in the Serena lock for the submission victor- victory. Exactly. Oh private- my God, is that private party? Oh yeah, private party picking up a victory over Robert Anthony and GPA. GPA took Mark Quinn to school as the bell ran. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, this is pretty good. They hit the gin and juice. Private Party got another victory, which takes us to our main event. ROH World Champion Claudio Castagnoli defeats Aria Davari to retain the title. Um, this is cool. Uh, cool main event here for Dark. I remember saying a while back, like, I hope that out of all this nonsense that they're making Davari do right now, that he gets, like, a title shot or something. And they gave it to him, so fair enough. Fair enough. And it was a pretty fun match. It was, it was a little quick, but, you know, it was still enjoyable. And, yeah, I, I like this. I honestly could see Davari being a future Ring of Honor world champion. I could see it. I, you know what? I could, too. So, 
Uh, he ended up. That's gonna make people mad, but I I think it's true. He had a Ricola bomb for the win to retain the title. So that was Elevation Special, Elevation and Dark this week. So let's jump into Dynamite here, Garrett. Um, we already covered the beginning of the show here where they relinquished the titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mox and MJF had an incredible promo. Yep. Diving into passion and all that goodies. And then so that takes us to a match for said vacant titles. The Death Triangle with Alex Abrahentis. And the best friends with Dan Housen for the AEW World Trios Championships. Um, right out of the gate, I, I'll just say this. I, I thought the match was awesome. That entrance for fucking oh. Death Triangle, just incredible. I can't, we were talking about that before the show. Like, it is like, I forgot how good their entrance was because they're not used they, enough like that, like in a team sense. So, like, it just it worked so well. And, like, gonna be like that's gonna stick more in my memory than them winning the championships just how incredible their entrance on the way out was that's what made it so memorable to me like agreed and i thought this was a very very fun six-man tag match yeah Uh, i thought everyone got their shit in and yeah i mean all in all this you know who didn't actually? I'll disagree. I feel like we didn't see enough from the Kentucky gentleman in this match. He probably was in there, but I just I feel like I didn't see Chuck. Taylor I just remember him, him hitting like a really good soul food on Phoenix. So I yeah, guess maybe he I did. Guess that's, he's good at that stuff. But like he probably did some more stuff. I just didn't see it because there's so much going yeah. on. But like yeah, Chuck, Chuck Taylor is good. You know, like yeah. But uh, the crowd was into it. Um, Death Triangle hit a triple stereo Canadian destroyer, leaving Chuck Taylor open for a black arrow for the pinfall. So the Death Triangle. And Tupac, our new champions. <laughs> Tupac against the world. <laughs> but what do you think of these guys as champions? And, you know, it's a – I think this could be fun. I think we could have a lot Honestly, of fun. They're not going to give us bad matches, right? So Correct. I mean, that's kind of what I thought about both. I mean, that's what I was so excited about. Like, what a match. Wow, what an exciting match to start us off with because either, either team winning is huge because – you know, Orange Cassidy is essentially was doing what John Moxley's been doing just a little bit less time because I think he was injured for some of the time that Mox had come back for. But um, more or less the same like arc, which is that he's just been coming back in and putting on incredible performances and the best friends were holding it down and you had Trent and Rocky and all that. So you'd have that momentum. And then you also have Death Triangle who have just kind of been trying to figure it out after their last run at the titles and all that, you know? Um I, I think they made a, a great choice with who they ended up going with, but like there was just some really good stuff. Like the selling in this match, I actually thought was really good because sometimes in these trios matches, it can get lost a little bit because they're just trying to get from next spot to next spot. Everything felt like it got its time to feel like it mattered, you know, like, yeah, it wasn't just moves. It was, these were spots that were leading to different things and there was a story being told, you know, um, yeah, it's an incredible match, and uh, Pac, the first ever double champion in AEW history. How do you how do you feel about that? Let's just go to that. I love it, and fitting for it being for these titles. Um, you know, he's got the two newest titles. Um, it's someone who everyone kind of felt like deserved to get some gold in AEW. So I feel like uh, the Pac. Like if there was up. an IC title, which I guess in effect the you know the All Atlantic is, if there was a workhorse title, it's it would go to Pac. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, you know. I hope that that's what that title gets established as that. And, you know, the TNT with being Wardlow now. So yeah, let's jump into our next match here. Where's my music? (laughs) Yeah. And next match. Oh my God, dude, Tony Storm and Penelope Ford. Uh, This was awesome. This match was really fun. Um, It was a world title eliminator. 
which, you know, it adds stakes to a non-stakes match, which I'm always, I'm glad AEW does that because every match should have some type of stakes. And look here, uh, Kip came out with Penelope. I thought Penelope looked badass. This match was fast, but I feel like this was important to kind of, you know, people should know Penelope's back. And something- well, I was about to say, like, she's had a couple matches, like, since she's been back on Dark, I think, maybe. And, like, and I think she had maybe, the one ramp match. match. Yeah, yeah, like a TV match. And then, like, Tony must have been like, yeah, no, she looks like she hasn't missed a step. So, yep, get, get you right in the match for a potential she title. really does, you know? man. I, you know, something I really like about Tony Storm and Penelope is they never it, they never feel like they're slowing down. And I feel like they just work. They have good chemistry. I, I would buy a feud with this with these two. So oh, absolutely. If, if that's the route they go, you know, maybe they bring it back in a couple months or, you know, whatever. The graphic was just so beautiful looking for this match. I mean, I'm, I'm not, and I'm not trying to be like sexist. I'm being like, like they just both are just two really attractive women and they looked great on a match graphic together. Like I'll say the same thing about two dudes that look awesome against each other. Like Penelope just has this badass feel to her that she does. I wish Penelope would get like, how do I put this? Since she's a heel, I guess, you know how yeah, we always more with the like I'm not supposed to be a bad. Well, heels can be bad. I was like a power no, no, I was gonna say, I like, mean... like you know how Nyla Rose constantly gets these title opportunities. I I hope we get to a, a spot where Penelope Ford, she's been with the company since pretty much since the jump too. So I'd love if she would get these title opportunities. And she's I think one this, of the most improved wrestlers in that time too, by far. Like by a fucking you know. mile. And yeah, so I'm sure Nyla Rose will be up next for Tony Storm. And uh, yeah. She even had a funny little tweet about that. Uh, she said, "Why wasn't I the first match?" <laughs> uh, yeah, it's pretty funny. Wait, had? it's not me. What's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2.0 cut a promo on Hook and Bronson. They announced Hook and Bronson facing off with 2.0. I mean, I'm sure Bronson can at least do a, a move, right? Oh, I'm sure. He'll jump. He'll fucking. He'll. It should be crazy. really entertaining anyway. Like even if it's all hook, you know. They'll, they'll probably do it at Grand Slam. That'll be a fun little match. Oh, and then my favorite moment of the night: uh, the acclaim <laughs> way out for a promo, but Swerve's music interrupted before they could do their rap. Swerve like <laughs> promo saying it was a joke that the acclaim wanted to be tag champs. Garrett, when I have mentioned before, Swerve has that presence. This was it on full display. This was world champion swerve. And he I looked like he was having fun. He was. Too. And I feel like this opened so many eyes. Because we we have we have talked about this. Swerve's world champ. I oh. feel like many people were like five. I said to you during the NXT breakout tournament back in like 2017 or whatever that was. I said to you then this guy was a world champion. He is, and I really think this might have brought people onto our vision. You could see him holding the world champion cut in that promo that he is. He's such a likable guy, but when he wants to be a heel, oh my fucking God, this, I really think he opened a lot of eyes to see our vision. So, uh, I mean, anything else you got from that? I mean, dude, just awesome. I mean, like I, I'm more excited for the match now. I, I just like, I, so many okay so it was 2019 still a while ago like um god the names in that tournament half of them are in new japan now but anyway um (laughs) but anyway uh yeah no i mean just like really excited for the match 
I am not surprised that's the direction that they chose to take it, given the way the crowd reaction has gone. And now I'm kind of starting to wonder, Charlotte, are they going to put the titles on the acclaimed at Arthur Ashe? I would. I would do it. Everyone's got to get their run. So Swerve and Our Glory's had a good run. Let them let be heels. Is Swerve... I would There's, go. I would go full blown. Swerve as a heel. Is Swerve world title bound then? Because I don't know if you can hold him back from that. Almost even immediately not, after. If he's not, here's what I'll say: I Wardlow's a babyface, and so is Pac. So, is any of those guys? Yeah. If if you're gonna go heel champion, it's the champion. You yeah. Have a, I, yeah. You have to beat Keith Lee. That's gonna upset a lot of people. They're gonna be like, "Oh, Keith Lee's buried again." Well, no, it's part of the story. You have him beat Keith Lee and then move on to one of those titles. Oh, I see what you mean. Like they, they feud and then eventually, I mean, that's what they did with MJF Punk essentially. So you could essentially set it up the same way. I mean, I, I, I don't know, we'll see. Or they just don't have him feud. You yeah, know, they hey, just go their separate ways. Like, cause remember what was Keith Lee's tweet? Like, oh, I turned away for five minutes. He's not really mad. He's just like, why did you do that without me? You know, like, yeah. And he just be like, yeah, bro. I, I just don't see your vision anymore. I still right. see something in a heel Keith Lee though. I said that to you a couple weeks ago now. And I'm saying, like, I see maybe something there, show. but not as, I think Keith Lee is best as a baby face. Whereas, Swerve, oh, I agree. But I think, yeah. I think there's something that would be good. Play with it. Like, oh yeah, no, there, there's, I mean, he wrestled great as a heel at all out. So let's jump into this Chris Jericho thing. Um, it was a backstage interview with Tony Schiavone, right? Or was it on at the ring? Can't remember. Either way, uh, Jericho claimed that he he'd found the fountain of youth and that he was drinking it in, man. Uh, he said he's the best because he beat Danielson at all out again. He, this now makes him the best wrestler of all time. This is why you have Jericho win these matches. Uh, and the greatest sports. Sammy Guevara completely lost where he was in the middle of this, kind of like how I did on the podcast earlier. And I just like <laughs> I had to appreciate that moment because like I was like, yeah, no, that's how it is. You'll you'll just be going, and then whatever you had in your head, it's gone. <laughs> this this is what happens. Uh no, and um yeah, he also kind of the whole point of this was to reiterate that Daniel Garcia wasn't gonna have JAS in his corner the night. Cool. I mean, I I think it sets up a bigger story here that we're gonna find out where that Jericho's going into next. So all right, let's talk about the disaster that was the next segment. This is the TNT Championship match, correct? Yeah, so first of all, the match itself, whatever. It was fine. It was a Wardlow match. It's Tony Nese, whatever, right? First, Wardlow's coming out. No music. Okay, whatever. Where's my music? Then they play the wrong song. I didn't even caught this. Really? Remember, they, they, they now they had the Wardlow version of the song? It wasn't that version. Wow, I actually didn't even catch that. Nobody did because nobody pays attention because and the only person that actually pays attention to wrestling apparently is me. But yeah, like, you know, <laughs> like, literally like what the fuck? Like, I, I, I actually, why do I even pay attention it. to these things? Why do I care? Why do I care? Their own theme? They, literally, they did. Damn. They just, you know, Wardlow still should have a different theme. I, I think Wardlow should it's be. It's the old Wardlow theme technically. So people will probably be like, oh, you're wrong. It's just technically a Wardlow theme, but it's not the one that's like, whoa. Maybe that's Wardlow. why I didn't put two and two together. And maybe I heard the chant still, and I'll, I just kind of was like, oh. I don't think the crowd chanted it because they were like, well, confused that Wardlow was coming out with no music. But I mean, what a disaster. Fire the sound guy from a cannon. Sound guy got in the fight, so there's a new one. Yeah, the sound guy actually got suspended. The sound guy got bit by eight steel. <laughs> uh, Josh Woods and uh, Wardlow? In the future, or no? Yeah, that, no, I'm sure that's where they're going. I don't because Josh Woods is. We know what he's doing next. Uh, Tony likes Josh Woods. By Tony, yeah, I mean there's Tony something Khan. there. Yeah, there's something there. He I'm really sure likes Josh Woods. Um, Borlo It'd be a great opponent for Pac, by the way. Just saying. Yeah, 
we're looking at promo how he's on a mission to make AW his and that his momentum isn't gone. He's putting everyone on notice. I think that's a subtle promo of he knows his momentum's gone and he's trying to regain it. I feel like there's a double double entendre within that. Because unfortunately for Wardlow, it is gone. His momentum's dead. He's going to have yeah, to get it back. He got up. killed. Like, he wanted to argue against it, but like, even he knows, you know? Like, it got oh, fucked by MJF. Do we, you know? do we have any idea what they could do with him? Do you even have a pitch? Take for, the TNT for, title off of him and put him in the world title feud. Like, I, which means you have to have a heel win it, which means Sammy probably. So, Sammy, maybe this could be swerve, depending on how quick they do the swerve thing. That's true. Yeah. If I we mean, look at the rank, this is Punk, thing. Page, Hobbs, Lethal, and Allen. Hobbs and Wardlow, maybe at a, at a Grand Slam? Yeah, no, I can see that. If, if, and that could be how you put the title. Like, yeah. So you have Wardlow run with the title, kind of like how he was with the TNT title for a while. And then you have Hobbs set up as a big evil guy who's been beating up people and then maybe he beats them. You know, I don't know. I would buy Hobbs and Wardlow. That'd be fucking awesome. Big old Haas battle. That, that would look great as like the fifth match on a pay per view, even as the world title match. Like, cause you know, there's going to be higher quality matches than that probably. Cause I don't know what it is about Hobbs, man. I love Hobbs. Every time he gets in there with another big guy, it just, he slows down. I don't know why. It is weird. I, I, yeah, I don't know. Because he can go. We've seen him with smaller, like, or medium-sized, whatever you want to call them guys, go full speed, you know? But I don't know. But whatever. Something, something. Um, so, yeah, let's jump into this next match. We had Danielson and Hangman Page. This was our Tournament of Champions first match. Um, right away, the match was stolen by Regal calling Excalibur a buttercup. He yep. said that he could get away because he's an eccentric Englishman. Eccentric British man. I, listen, William, just... Tell, just admit that you're flirting with them. It's fine. We're okay with it. No one's going to judge you in 2022. It was beautiful. And, uh, I mean, look, this match was this was there. I mean, for some reason, now I don't know if this is a product of what's been going on or what, where I just how I was feeling that night. I couldn't really get into this match. Um, I never really got too attached to it. Like, I recognized that it was a good match when, I'm, when I watched things back on it. I'm like, oh, that was good. That was good. I just didn't emotionally invest into this one, and it I can't believe I'm going to say this about a Danielson match. It actually felt a little long, and I don't know if that was a product of commercial placement, or, or like I said, it could have straight up just been my mood. Exactly. No, I think it was it was long. Yeah. I think that was on purpose. I don't know if they knew what they were going to fill the show with, so they just decided to give this a bunch of time, you know? Yeah, and, and I saw a lot of people loving it, and look, I, I think it was a really good match, Um, but... I'm glad this is what I will say. And I think you're going to agree with me. I'm glad Danielson won because you imagine the messages that would have sent of hangman won after everything. And, and because you sent me an image a couple hours before dynamite talking about the quest has begun Danielson for world championship. And he beat, he just beat hangman. He's going to beat Jericho. They're not going to have him lose to Jericho twice in a row. So Daniel yeah, I sent him the screenshot. I take it. I'd so I for everyone that doesn't know for context. I took a screenshot back in the original championship eliminator tournament deal that Danielson was a part of, where he was looking at the title. And I don't even know why they had the title out there for that. To be honest, I mean they probably do every time, but there was a champion at the time. So, but whatever. I think anyway. But hey, well, but no, that doesn't really matter. Point is, the screenshot was actually from that show. I was watching it at the time. And I was just thinking, like, this is who I want to win. But I don't know if that's who's going to win. We'll get there, you know? It's going to be yeah. a fun Arthur Ashe show, that's for sure. And do you think MJF will have a match on Arthur Ashe? Or do you think they um, don't have time? 
Like it's too 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 soon. We don't have enough time. If he wants to make Arthur Ashe, even as Brian Cage again, and even Arthur as near Ashe. as big as last year, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to get his ass on there. So isn't that what he did at Arthur Ashe last year? He beat Brian Cage. Isn't that what happened? I think it was Pillman last year, right? Sorry, Brian Pillman, not Brian Cage. Yeah, the other Brian. Yeah. So what what did you think of this match and uh, the winner? Of course, good match. No, really good stuff. I actually really like. I won't go through all the whole deal. There was some good callbacks to other things. Uh, you know, I love how everything Danielson does is like a trap to try and catch you. It's like a very wrestling thing. Uh, they did some good stuff. I will say the ending sequence of this match, though. Danielson hits his tope, gets caught. Hangman had, hits the Uihara moonsault. Sets up his buckshot lariat. Gets countered into a bridging O'Connor roll. One, two, three. Perfect. Just a great way to end the match. Danielson just caught him. No matter how many times he beat him, you know, obviously Hangman took him to a the time limit and then beat him straight up. Now it's set up for a rubber match. So if Danielson wins the title, there's your first match right there. Um, which I would run on the next Dynamite because no, Hangman, you don't get a pay-per-view for being an asshole. Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, how, can, can we just say at the tail end of this match, how disappointed are you in Hangman Adam Page? Yeah. Because like, there's even so if he's not like that, that much to blame, because you can't really blame all this on him. He didn't know what was going to happen. But the fact that he, if what they what has been accused of him is actually true and that he's as difficult to work with as apparently it sounds like he is, like, I don't think he's I mean, actually... No what, he should have gone into business on his own and... I, I, if he and I actually did find, I can confirm he did say he doesn't take advice from the other people, and like that's just a boneheaded way to do any kind of business. I'm no, sorry, yeah, you can't do that, and that's like you can't say that, Hangman. I'm sorry, just you should definitely it. take advice. Uh, and Hangman, you probably and this is going to be harsh. You could probably use it sometimes. Um, well, everyone can, even Kenny, the best. Exactly. The world. Oh, but you guarantee. Okay, but then Kenny is probably the same way, though. Let's be real. Kenny's been doing this long enough. I'm sure he got paid way more than he probably ever deserved in Japan. That's just a shoot there. I genuinely think he probably didn't deserve as much as I guarantee they paid him over there. And if they didn't pay him well, that's reflective on the Japanese wrestling industry, you know? Yeah, um, yeah we'll see. I'm, I'm just kind uh, of looking at Grand Slam because we were talking about I'm kind of looking at what Grand Slam was last year. When we do our little prediction show where we review last year's Grand Slam a little bit, I it's, it's not going to match up. You physically cannot match up to this card they built. And it'll be cool to see. Uh, I mean, but th- that was also in the aftermath of Danielson. And wasn't there like an elite 10-man tag on that card or something? like? <laughs> yeah. Uh, fuck it. I'll just hit it real quick. Omega and Danielson. MJF, Brian Pillman. Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes. Sting and Darby Allin versus FTR. Dr. Britt Baker versus Ruby Soho. Punk versus Hobbs. Super Click and the Young Bucks versus... Uh, Christian Cage, Jurassic Express. <laughs> uh, Men that of match the, I remember being really good. Men of the Year defeated Inner Circle. That was big. Uh, Lucha Brothers and Santana and Ortiz defeated Hardy Family Office. Penelope Ford defeated Anna J, and then Moxley and Kingston versus Suzuki Goon. What a fucking show. Yeah, it's not going to be that good this year. It's not going to um, be that good. But at the same time, I mean, we, we got one announced that it's the acclaim versus Swerve in Our Glory, and that is going to be fucking awesome. So That better main event, I'm sorry. Would you have a main event Dynamite? Yeah. I think I would too right now. Especially yeah, if it's going to be the biggest thing or open the show. Can you imagine the pop for the acclaim music if that hits as soon as the show goes on? The acclaim. Yeah, it would be awesome. Jungle Boy was in a pre-tape promo and said that he was far from done with Christian Cage, and once he's back from surgery, he was going to take years off Christian's life. 
He also said his next target was Luchasaurus. He was an anchor on his feet for the last three years. That was good, and he showed some fire. So uh, I, I will say this. Jungle uh, Jack Perry versus uh, Luchasaurus at Grand Slam. That That's a dub. Yeah, I'll take that match. And this, again, um, we did talk on our All Out show about Christian Cage was injured. That's why they did the match the way they did. Clearly, they addressed that. Christian Cage, I believe, everyone's got, like, the same injury. So it's another one that's like, Jesus. Yeah, everyone's For a recovery, man, because Christian Cage was on fire. And it's so unfortunate. It sucks, too, because for all the time that he wasn't injured, and this is, not again, not a knock on Christian Cage. He was, was not doing what I think is this, which is the best version of his work that he's done so far. He wasn't doing that. He was just there being serviced to Jungle Boy. You know what I mean? Like, and then now, right in the middle of it, it's, it's brutal right now with wrestling, you know? Like, so thank God we at least got Clash of the Castle without any major injuries, you know? Like, because that show deserved to And shout out Gunther and uh, Sheamus putting on a five star fucking. There were probably pepperoni. some injuries after that match. Oh my God. Sheamus's chest was awesome. Remember, oh God, when we would do our Raw Deal podcast, I, I was never a fan of Sheamus until the bar. Yeah, I know. That team literally single-handedly put that guy over for you. You just could not – Literally, I, I understood not liking Sheamus because he was, like, very the same all the time. But, like, uh, you know, he needed – he just needed something like the bar to, like, actually show what he can do. That was, he's actually a really great wrestler. Like, Yeah, and, and that was the that was the guy that – that was the program, the best of seven. So that takes us into the main event and – Holy fuck, two of our pillars in the main event, dude. This is awesome. Uh, Daniel Garcia defeated Wheeler Yuta, and he's now the new ROH Pure Wrestling Champion. Garrett, take us through this match. So we had a ROH Pure Championship match between Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Yuta. Wheeler effing Yuta. All right. Um, We had a rope break in the clinch forced by Wheeler. I like that. That's a little throwback to all the, you know, like I think Tony Nese got caught with that once. Garcia might be good, but he's not good enough to not be caught by a sly little sneaky motherfucker like like Wheeler yeah. Yuta, you know? Yeah. You know, he's, he'll get your ass, but uh, that's a nice little thing. He's like, ah, oh, it's a little little frustration there um, for Garcia. Um, they like to start slow with these matches, man. It, it draws you in. If you go to their, their one-hour match they had for the uh, Independent Wrestling uh, World Championship, which in their match was recognized as a world championship for the first time, by the way. Um, I believe, but anyway, um, yeah. from like a year ago or something like that, whatever it was, um, great match, by the way, I didn't watch all of it, but I watched enough of it. I was like, okay, these guys are doing something here. But anyway, uh, there was a dragon tamer to get wheeler to get a break number one. So they were back to even. So if you were watching the scorecards per se, if there's such thing, technically they were even at this point, you know? Um, and then it slowly, slowly kind of gets pieced back together it wasn't like a whole lot of wrestling moves in this match it was mostly like submissions and holds and trying to catch each other and stuff like that and avoiding the ropes and stuff like that eventually garcia locks in a deep deep dragon tamer on wheeler and picks up the w to pick up the ring of honor world championship and i actually thought that was a really good match i think they could have done more with it i maybe that's why is because there's going to be more matches and this is still not over i i don't know if that's the case but charlie daniel garcia is now the ring of honor pure wrestling champion yeah is there a more perfect person for this championship no not right now and it's fitting for the spot um what what does wheeler you to do from this right uh and let's touch on the little thing after the match. He shoved Danielson when Danielson came to put the belt around him. 
around uh, Garcia. He went to handshake Wheeler Yuta, and Yuta shoved his ass. So I hope that's just a, you know, I was pissed off at the moment they don't break him off the uh, Blackpool Combat Club because that is the best thing that's still going, in my opinion. I, I, I don't want that. We can't lose that group. Not yet. Um, but no, uh, Danny Garcia fucking deserves this, man. I, I, I think this is the right call at the right time. And having Danielson put the title around his waist to, you know, when it comes like, to literally like, like him passing the torch, essentially it's the next great technical wrestler, you know? Yeah. And so Wheeler Yuta held the title for 159 days. I don't know how often we'll do this with ring of honor titles, but this one was pretty much solely featured on AEW. He held the title 159 days. Um, he won the title off Josh Woods and then had three successful defenses and then lost it to Garcia. So he defeated Josh Woods again, defeated Tony Nice, defeated Daniel Garcia at death before dishonor and now lost it. So pretty good title reign, uh, three successful defenses against legitimate contenders is always a good thing. And yeah, I mean, I think this was a fun title run. I am curious to see what they do next now. Right. All right, I got a pitch for you. I don't know that this is the next Ring of Honor pay-per-view. But let's just say that it is. There's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, I believe, that goes by the name Honor No More. Ooh, okay. And Wheeler is really pissed about this loss. And you don't want to see them break at the BCC. But that pay-per-view is probably a long way off. They planted the seeds for a while with Wheeler. And we've done this with Wheeler before with the best friends. Wheeler could turn on the BCC when Daniel, like when he goes to have his rematch at the next pay per view. Maybe Danielson decides to show up in Garcia's corner or something crazy, you know? Like, I don't think that would happen, but maybe something wild, you know? Yeah. And then at the end of the match, you get Garcia and Danielson, and then Wheeler just goes nuts and tacks them both, like as a heel. We still need to see that damn Wheeler unit and Claudio versus FDR. And then you turn, then you turn. Daniel Garcia, babyface, and then you just go from there, and he's your Ring of Honor, and you then you make him Ring of Honor champion of everything, you know, champion of the world. Yeah. And then he takes all the AW titles, and then uh, Jericho just retires, and then Jericho proceeds to side because Garcia proceeds to stay aside, and everything's great. Yeah, and I'm down with that. So, <laughs> belt collector, give Daniel Garcia all of it. Uh, <laughs> so let's take us into uh, Rampage now. Um, We've covered the beginning of Rampage. Uh, we had the back from the break. So after uh, the, their after match. Samuel and Darby. There you go. After that match, we get a recap of everything that happened. MJF's promo. I'm glad they're recapping. Um, there was a commercial of Dynamite, which the only reason I'm mentioning this, no footage of Young Bucks or CM Punk in the promo. But there was a shot of Kenny. So I think the CM Punk scrubbing has officially begun, and while the Young Bucks are suspended, they're not going to be featured, obviously. So, yeah, uh, worth noting yeah. there. Just, just, just for Probably people for the best, it. right? Like for now, I mean, yeah, for now. But I unfortunately, CM Punk wasn't even mentioned, so I'm a little worried. Eh, then again, I, it is what it is. Samoa Joe cut an in-ring promo. Welcome back, Joe. Happy he's back. He's got his ROH TV title. And Garrett, he wants to find his next con- uh, challenger, Josh Woods. Woods, as we've alluded to, I think Tony Khan really likes Josh Woods. and Absolutely. He's going to put him against uh, Samoa Joe. What do, you, what do you think about this? 
Uh, I, I think it sucks for Josh Woods because he's probably going to get squashed in a few minutes. But, um, I mean, it's a good sign for Josh Woods because, like, people that get kept around generally are people that get these types like, random title shots and stuff. So, you know, I, maybe. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm holding my breath on it because I just don't know what they're going to do with it. Like, it could just be like, all right, Joe, you know, Joe's back. We got to have him beat somebody that's, like, somewhat established. So, throw this guy out. I'm like, I don't know. Does the general audience even care about Joshua? This is kind of like my point, you know, like. No, I don't think they do. That's why I think Tony Khan really wants people to. Yeah, so well, I think I think for right now it just doesn't really matter. It's cool for us because we notice it, but I don't think it really matters ultimately until, you know, they actually do something with him and Nice, which to this point they have away from the finale of uh, Dynamite 2 <laughs> through Rampage here. Miro cut a promo on God. I really don't want to expand on that, but. Uh, <laughs> I just like, and, and, and let me be clear. He cut a promo on God. Not, you weren't saying like on God, like, no, like he was literally on, he was cutting a promo cut on a, God, cutting a promo on God. There you go. Miro. <sighs> All right. Uh, Serena Deeb defeated Madison <laughs> rain in under four minutes. This is just to get Why? the women on the show. Uh, well, Serena's back and, uh, putting her in the, uh, Top of the line, and as we'll allude to, she's got another match on Dynamite next week. So, yeah, uh, I don't know. Good, good point. Why was this on here? I don't fucking. I mean, like, it just feels like, oh, we want to have a match with Madison. So, uh, Serena, you doing anything this week? Yeah. Okay. Fine. I'd rather hear me out. I'd rather put one of the Julia Hart matches here. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Let like Julia crowd, Hart deserves to be on TV. The crowd to see her match. That would be my only criticism. Would be I'm glad to have a Jade promo. I'm glad to have Madison Rain and Serena Deeb on the show. Give Julia Hart a TV match at some point. Otherwise, none of this on Dark is going to matter because nobody's going to see it. Yeah. So Lexi Nair interviews Jade and the Baddies, talking about a win over Athena. Cargo's officially 37 and 0, but you might as well call it 50 and 0. Athena now moves to the back of the line, pal. There's a little promo. At least Jade's not pretending like it's not how I see it at this point, which is just like no one's going to win and they're just going to have Jade lose in a DQ or something. (laughs) This is the way. Lexi Nair interview Powerhouse Hobbs about a surprising win at All Out. He's ready to open up the book of Hobbs. I've convinced myself. I want Hobbs and Wardlow. I want it. Give me what I want. Fuck it. Send it. AW, guys. So, yeah. um, Main event time here. I'm going to let you take the lead on the main event here. Claudio Casanoli, Dax Harwood, ROH World Championship. Uh, knuckle cracks are kind of, uh, kind of, uh, you know, it kind of makes sense for this match, huh? But anyway, um, so just before we get into the match, the pre-match promo was a little short, but it was brilliant. I liked this. Um, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, of course, William Regal standing by with Claudio, and William Regal's like, "Listen, Dax." you might be great and I might have respect for you, but this is the ultimate competitor. And then like, as we, uh, excuse me, as Regal is starting to get into his deal, Dax interrupts him. And that made immediately that made uh, William Regal go, Oh, cause he's like, Oh, you interrupted me. Okay. Let's see what you have to say. And then Dax, I don't even know what Dax said, but it was basically to the effect of what he has been saying. Like you're taking food off of my table. You're taking money out of my pocket. You're taking, you know, blah, 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 all this stuff that Dax has been cutting and all that stuff, all that brilliant stuff that Dax does that I can't really even paraphrase properly because Dax just cuts it in such a unique way. And it made, it just popped the shit out of William Regal, which really popped the shit out of me. So, um, 
That being said, the match that they ended up having was just a really, really great wrestling match. Uh, classic wrestling stuff. They did a really nice pile driver. Um, Dak took D- Dak. Dak Prescott did take a bump this week, but Dax took uh, a really nasty bump into the ring post. I bet Dax, w- uh, Dak, sorry, wishes he took a bump into the ring post this week, yeah, and not right? a bump into uh, potentially early retirement. But um, I'm joking, of course. Obviously, he's not retired. But six to eight weeks, brutal. Anyway, um. That being said, I believe it all served to sell to, yeah, to sell the story they were trying to tell. Dax might have the cleanest brain buster in the wrestling business, just straight up. Um, and I think all those like short arm lariats they were doing at the end, I think Kenta, or, yeah, Kenta Kabashi would just be like, like, oh my God, what are you doing? These are beautiful short arm lariats. I like this match. This was my kind of match. You know, a couple of just meaty men slapping meat. You know what I'm talking about, Charlie? And, and I figured as much. And when I saw that these guys were having this match, I'm like, oh, man, this is this is a Garrett match here. This this is uh, your kind of go here. And I enjoyed it, man. I think – talk about getting time. Holy shit. If any match needed time, though, that was going to made a man a rampage, it was this one. Like, this is just like – on paper, sounds awesome. In the ring, it was awesome. Dax and Claudio, I want to see that match run back. I'd like to see – you know what I would like to see, Charlie? Because they put the idea in my head during this match. I want to see Dax win a singles title this year. I don't care where it is. I put could, a singles, I could buy into the, that. Have him beat Carl Anderson for the never open weight championship. I don't even know if he still has that, but if he does, have him do it. Yeah, He dude, won't do it. Fucking New Japan. It in. Cowards. Cowards in New Japan. He won't do it. <laughs> oh, God. I forgot to add it on the news, but we uh, they are facing our Royal Quest. It's going to be FTR versus Aussie Open. So. The IWGP Tag Team Championships. So, so there's an opportunity to book that match. I'm just saying. Anyway, uh, yeah, it could be fun there. So, yeah. So get um, Kingston versus uh versus uh uh, uh oh my god, I can't think. Ishii? He just had the match. Uh, Ishii, yeah, on the, get that the third match on there. But anyway, um, so yeah, screw AEW, that'll that'll be it for us this week, guys. Uh, lots of news this week. Lots of good matches that we had to talk about, and hopefully this following week we can dive more into hopefully some good news in the AEW realm. Um, so far on Dynamite, uh, for next week, we just got those two Tournament of Champions matches, and then... I don't know, man. Someone's gonna need to save, like, a fucking bag, a box of puppies from a burning building to fucking put up yeah. this PR fire. Tony Storm like, and Hikaru Shida versus Britt Baker and Serena Deeb, and that's, that's all we got for next week so far. So, other than that... I mean, that should be a fun match. Yeah, that will be. So, other than that, we will catch you guys next time, and... Yeah. Uh, any other closing thoughts, Garrett? Uh... All Japan Pro Wrestling, 1990s, Kabashi versus Misawa. Watch it. It's worth it. Watch it now. Catch you guys later. Everybody.